Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Lyrically, I'm untouchable, uncrushable. Running in a 600, running so bold. Running in a 600, running in a 600. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Punch the Face Radio. I'm your host, Brandon Stubbs. I appreciate you joining me here this evening. Uh, tonight, we got a really interesting and, and good guest on tonight. We're going to have Vons Monterosa, who's going to join us here in a couple of minutes, uh, to talk about his career and right now what's going on with him and his estranged promoter, Don King, get his takes on some other things uh, that have kind of led up to the situation he's currently in. So he's going to join us here in a couple of minutes uh, to talk with us about that. Uh, as well, we will deb- debut a new segment on tonight's show called Unpopular Opinion. Uh, this is going to be something I'm going to do weekly. This is going to be my po- unpopular opinion. It's probably going to piss some people off, but uh, again, it's an unpopular opinion. That's the kind of thing. Uh, we'll also uh, talk about last weekend's fights and as well as this weekend's fights coming up. But feel free to tweet me throughout the show. We'll open up the phone lines a little bit later. Uh, tweet me throughout the show at Brandon P2TF if you're listening live. Um, and uh, like I said, Bonds will be joining us here in a few moments. While I have a quick second here uh, to start off the show, I do want to give a big salute uh, to my man, co-host of the show, uh, Adam Abramowitz, who did a phenomenal job last week uh, doing his first time commentating. As he was commentating there, the Philly special uh, with Michael Woods live on Facebook, the stream. You did a great job, Adam. So I just wanted to send kudos to you and congratulations on the phenomenal work. This is the first of many uh, broadcasting opportunities I know you're going to get. And as well, shout out uh, to Michelle Rosario, a.k.a. Raging Babe, who also did her thing promoting the card. And it was a phenomenal card. I, I was entertained. He had a very interesting uh, ending to the card in regards to the guy getting knocked out, uh, which we, uh, we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. So, again, I want to give a big salute to those two. Philadelphia stand-up. Uh, big things happening there on the East Coast. So, shout-out to her doing a phenomenal job promoting. Even bigger shout-out to our co-host, Admiral Bromowitz, doing a great job commentating. So, uh, you know, Admiral will be back with us, um, I think, in two weeks. I don't know. Let's get check Adam's schedule to see when he's back on the show. But Adam will be back with us here uh, in a couple of weeks to talk more boxing. So we appreciate Adam. We love him. So shout out to Admiral Bromowitz again, uh, doing a great job commentating on the cards here last week. Uh, but like I said, we'll have a lot to talk about here in regards to last week's cards as well. We'll get to that here more likely in the second hour here of the show. Like I said, we'll have Von Monterosen calling here in a few moments uh, to talk um, talk about his career, man. It's uh if you've been watching social media, as you should, uh, he's been saying some things in regards to um, possibly wanting to retire, um, you know, issues with Don King, and, you know, he's just going to lay it all out for us, uh, be very forthcoming about what's going on, um, and just kind of explain, you know, on his side, you know, what's going on in his career. And uh, we want to give him that platform to do it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I've always said Punch the Face Radio is here for the people. It's here for the boxing fans. It's here for the fighters. So take advantage of the platform we have here. And uh, we're always going to be a welcome home for anyone who wants to uh, air their grievances, if they will. Uh, Because this is what we do here in boxing. You know, we we have to talk things out. We can't be afraid 
uh, to speak our mind. We can't uh, be afraid of quote-unquote repercussions, and this is what tonight's show is going to be about. So Vance Monterosen will join us here in a few moments to talk about that. So uh, it's going to get interesting, folks. <laughs> it's going to get interesting. Um, so we'll uh, we'll dig into all of that as it comes here. Uh, as he calls in and checks in with us here in a few moments. So, uh, like I said, feel free to tweet me throughout the show if you have any questions for him. Tweet me at BrandonP2TF if you're listening live. Uh, and like I said, second hour, we'll open up the uh, phone lines uh, to actually talk um, boxing. So, uh, if you have any questions or anything like that, just wait here to the second hour. We'll open the phone lines then uh, after we have um, our guest on here. So, hold tight. We'll do the phone calls a little bit later here in the show. So, um, yeah, there we go. Maybe a quick thing I can, you know, kind of knock out and get out of the way here before our guest joins us here is Marcos Maidana is making his return to boxing. Uh, He signed a three-fight deal here with PBC, so he's linking back up with Al Heyman, uh, who made him a lot of money uh, during his time with Al Heyman fighting the Floyd Mayweather fights. Uh, Maidana's coming back. He plans on coming down in weight somehow, some way, to 147 pounds. We don't know who he's going to be fighting first. Um, I honestly don't think he's going to make 147 pounds, to be completely honest. Um, I don't even know how serious we should be taking his return, per se, because um, if you've seen the photos of him, um, not trying to be funny, but he's my size. I mean, he's a big guy. I mean, he's really gotten up there. He's maybe, I don't want to say tripled in weight, but he's definitely doubled up in weight uh, from when he was an active fighter. So it really makes me wonder and slightly worry if he's going to be able to get down in weight and if he's going to be able to get down healthy in weight. Uh, and that's where a lot of um, a lot of questions are going to need to be answered in regards to uh, how seriously we should take this return. And more importantly, who are they going to match him up against? Um, I, I don't see him being away from the ring as long as he has been, the weight gain and then trying to lose weight to be a contender for these killers. Right now, 147, you know, I don't know if he can give a guy like Keith Thurman, Earl Spence, Sean Porter, even a Danny Garcia, uh, you you know, Manny Pacquiao. I don't know if he can give any of those guys issues, you know, with him him returning back. It's going to be one of those things to where we really won't know until we see him in his first fight. And and depending upon who he matches up there, um, you know, kind of taking it from there after that. But I am not 100% sold. On this return, I don't really, I, I don't, I don't know if I 100% get the reasoning behind that. I don't know if he's spent all that money he made fighting Mayweather. If he really misses the sport, it's one of those things. that's hard to gauge. Uh, it's hard to take seriously and really understand what somebody's willing to do and why they're coming back after so many years away uh, from fighting. But that's what uh, Marcos Maidana is doing and, and saying he's going to make his return. So. Uh, we wish him the best of luck, and we'll kind of just kind of take the wait-and-see approach to see uh, how he looks upon his return. So he will be making a return bout at some juncture here later this year. Uh, more than likely, it'll be this summer. <sighs> Again, we'll see, man. 147 is a lot of weight to shed. So uh, best of luck to Marcos Maidana. Like I said, we'll wait and see. Uh, but also speaking of PBC, uh, another fighter that you know, y'all know I'm a huge fan of, uh, don't ask me why, but Yoriki Scamboa has also linked up with Al Heyman. Um, sounds like it's a two or three fight deal as well. What hurts me about this signing, as far as Gamboa goes, is 
Uh, with Gamboa now signing with Al Heyman, we're probably not going to see the fight with him and Juan Manuel Lopez. Uh, that grudge match, that fight that's been, quote-unquote, marinating now for over a decade, we'll never see the, uh, see the sign of light. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it's sad, it's unfortunate, but that's where we're at. We're never going to see that fight happen now. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is at this point. But uh, Gamboa, I don't really know what direction they're going to try to put him in, uh, what guys he's going to fight, uh, and what Gamboa we're going to get. You know, you never know what Eurekis Gamboa. Gamboa is a, a funny character uh, to try to put your finger on in regards to how seriously you can take him. Um, you know, sometimes we see him in, in ring and he looks great. Other times he looks like a days ago. We just don't know. Uh, but um, he's going to get some Al Heyman checks. Um, that's after working with 50 Cent. That's after working with Top Rank, uh, being an independent promoter, uh, working with Golden Boy. I mean, he's kind of bounced around to literally everybody you can bounce around to in the industry. And uh, now it looks like it's uh, Al Heyman to possibly finish out his career or finish out, um, you know, the top level fights of his career is going to be underneath Al Heyman and PBC. So you'll see him make his PBC debut at some point here later uh, in the spring. So Gamboa and Maidana back in the ring and um, looking to make returns back to the ring underneath the PBC umbrella. So go figure. I, I never thought I'd be saying uh, those two names, signing and inking with Al Heyman, but hey, it is what it is. So uh, we'll also, uh, when we have Bonds on here on the show in a few moments, we'll get his take on um, on Al and, and working with Al Heyman and him be, his departure from PBC. Uh, which kind of led him to the situation he's in now with Don King. So go figure. So we'll get all that here in a few moments when he calls in here to the show. Um, let's see, you know, World Boxing Super Series, it, it, we've got fights announced. We have other guys saying they're not sure if they're going to be in the fights. Uh, World Boxing Super Series just to be looks to just be a complete train wreck right now. Uh, you've got guys pulling out, saying they're out of the tournament. You have World Boxing Super Series saying, no, they're still in it. Yes, we're negotiating with them. Um, you got fights not scheduled here until May, until June. It just seems like this is just really drawn out. We've had issues with possibly money being involved and guys not getting paid right or getting paid timely, or possibly even getting paid at all. Uh, you know, it just it just seems like this year, this quote-unquote season two, has been just a bad just just a bad mixture of things going down, which is sad because I don't know how much uh, these guys are locked into contracts to where they can possibly try to get out of them and get a different fight elsewhere. Um, they can fight out of the tournament. But this is the kind of things that happen when you sign up for these sort of things, and uh, this is what we're seeing. So, uh, you know, some fights got announced last week. We, we know they're uh, going to have some fights uh, here in, in a couple of months. But... Um, Will these fights actually see the light of day is a different story. So uh, definitely we'll keep you abreast here on Punch the Face Radio as these things break. And uh, if these fights actually happen, if the tournament continues to go on, um, I- I'm kind of at this point, it seems like it's dragged on so long, I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of over the whole the concept of it right now. I mean, it was a good idea. It sounds great on paper. It really did great things for Alexander Usyk in his career. But it just doesn't seem the execution here with the second tournament, the season two tournament, just didn't fall into place like it did in the first year. So, you know, it's nothing wrong with admitting defeat and, you know, moving on and stepping aside. And the Sunderland uh, and Ringstar, who also is helping with them, uh, Richard Schaefer, um, 
they may go in a different direction, you know, maybe seeing if they can maybe just make some fights with these guys outside of the tournament, just scrap the tournament as a whole, because it just doesn't seem things are working out for them. They've had fights here in America where they had poor turnouts. They had issues with international broadcasting. The fights were finally showed here in season two in America, but then they had no international deal uh, for season two over in Europe, which is the polar opposite last year. So, uh, like I said, from start to finish here, season two has just been odd. It's been a word I like to use best here on the show. It's been very weird. So, you know, we're now kind of waiting and seeing how things play out uh, going in uh, to the next couple of months. But I'm not really thinking things are going to happen. I, I don't see these fights that they have scheduled actually occurring here at all. Uh, also, another thing here to mention here. Uh, Anthony Joshua is going to make his U.S. debut. He's going to fight at Madison Square Garden here June 1st against uh, Jarrell Big Baby Miller. So that fight has now been made official. Uh, he's made that deal. So the Dylan White fight obviously isn't happening. If we played that audio last week, uh, I didn't think that was going to happen anyway. So no fight there. Jarrell Miller is going to get the call. Um, you know, <laughs> unpopular opinion number one of the night. Um I'm not really enthused about this fight. This fight does nothing for me because, truth be told, I'm not overly imp- impressed by Jarrell Miller. Um, I'm not. I, I, I just don't see what everyone else sees. Um, am I wrong in that? Probably. <laughs> um, but um, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it. I think for a guy his size, he should be laying his opponents out. And to this juncture... I haven't seen enough of that out of him for me to be truly convinced that he is a a really scary heavyweight, if that makes any sense. You know, I'm not seeing a guy who's going out and, you know, completely one side dominating and just crushing guys. I'm not seeing that out of him. I'm seeing him beat guys. I'm seeing him knock out guys. Yes, that is occurring. But I'm not seeing the level of, you know, scary power that I, when you would look at a guy like Jarrell Miller, you think you would get. I don't see that. I don't get that. And that's what makes me a little bit cautious and weary of picking him over Anthony Joshua. Now, don't get me wrong. This is heavyweights. Uh, one punch can change everything when you're talking about heavyweights. So um, no shock there. You know, if he were to pull off a knockout, you know, wouldn't be nothing, – nothing would be shocking there because, again – We've seen Joshua can get hit. We've seen him go down. So it's very feasible that can happen. Uh, it's just one of those things to where I think Joshua will just outbox him, just use his jab and just beat him that way, uh, just slowly erode him and just take him out of the game that way. So I'm not seeing uh, from a technical and a boxing standpoint uh, Jarrell Miller being able to do much in this fight to where you know he's going to be able to pull off the upset. Uh, but if he's able to pull off the upset, folks um, – you know, let me just be very frank here. If Jarrell Miller ends up beating Anthony Joshua, that messes up a whole lot of people's money. And um, for one who likes chaos, I'm all about that. So if he's going to mess up some people's money, God bless him uh, if he's able to pull that off. Because, uh, you know, far too often we have fighters and promoters, they plan too far ahead. They get a little bit too far them, themselves in their thinking and the processes. And um, I think that could be one of those things that we could see happen here. I think that, you know, Eddie Hearn sometimes thinks he's smarter than what he is. And I'm not saying he's a dumb guy, so don't, don't let me don't, – don't think that's my impression. Uh, but I do think sometimes he thinks he's 
you know, he's bigger and smarter than the game. He's one step ahead of everything. And um, this could be one of those instances to where uh, Miller pulls off an upset. That messes up a lot of things for a lot of people. So, like I said, with me liking the chaos, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, also, with that being stated, the other part of the heavyweight uh, division, um, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, they're still negotiating their fight. Uh, that's something that right now it, it's not going to go to a purse bid because both sides are pretty close to getting a deal done. As far as when the fight will happen, that may be a little bit more interesting. Um, the It's been ruled out for being April, so you're more than likely looking at May 18th for that fight to happen. Um, the venue's still somewhat up in the air as well. Uh, I've you know, the, the indication is it's going to be in New York, which would be fine, uh, and not Vegas. I honestly think it could make – it'll be a better atmosphere in New York com- compared to Las Vegas, truth be told. I think you're going to have more British fans that will travel over. This is a little bit short of a trip for them from uh, the U.K. over here to New York compared to Nevada. So I think from that aspect, you may be able to see more come over, which would be great. Um, I think Deontay Wilder has built his fan base. Uh, with people to where American fans will travel up to New York uh, in the spring to see that fight. I think that first fight did so much for both guys. It energized the heavyweight division. It energized boxing, heavyweight boxing here in America. Uh, Deontay Wilder, wherever you see him at when there's a PBC car and he's shown on the screen, fans cheer. They love him. Um, you know, granted the fight ended the way it did, but everybody respected what both fighters brought there in that first fight. To where I think the second fight is a no-brainer. I think it's going to do great numbers. Um, so, I mean, selfishly, I would want to see it in Vegas. It's an easier travel for me. Uh, but if it's in New York, I can't blame them. I think that's going to be a great uh, opportunity for both parties involved to have the fight there. So, uh, that's still happening, but it looks like that fight's going to happen more than likely now, May 18th. So, that's what we got here in regards to the heavyweight division uh, as well. Uh, Dominic Brazil and Dylan White, they have been ordered in a uh, interim world title bout. So it's just up to the, both parties to see if they can agree on the terms and times for that fight to happen. Um, we'll see. I think that's an interesting fight, truth be told. Uh, Dominic Brazil has shown an ability to be able to fight, be able to box. Uh, Dylan White, I think, has improved vastly uh, since his first fight with Anthony Joshua. So I think this could be a very interesting fight. I mean, Dylan White wants that Joshua rematch. I think he's, like I said, he's improved since that first time out. Now he's wanted to prove that. So I think Dominic Brazil would be a great test for that. So we'll see what direction both of those guys go in. Hopefully that's a fight that can get made because I'd be interested in watching that. So uh, that may be something we'll see here at some juncture here uh, later in the spring, early summer, uh, if that deal can get hammered out amongst those two parties. So, again, we're still waiting on Vons Monterosa to give us a call in um, to the show. So I may have to send him a text here in a second to see uh, where he's exactly at uh, to pop up on us. Feel free in the meantime to tweet me at BrandonP2TF uh, here on the show. Also go to visit PunchTheFace.com. Again, we have our 25 at 25 list that is up there on the website. Uh, 25 fighters under the age of 25 uh, that you need to watch for uh, here this year. So... Uh, while I have a moment here, let me go ahead and preview a little bit of this weekend's fights uh, that are coming up. Uh, this weekend, I'm not overly enthused about this weekend's cards. Um, it doesn't do a ton for me. Y- 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 y'all know, I'm, I'm a little bit finicky um, in regards to some of these fights and some of the, the fights that get made. So I'm a little bit finicky, but 
Uh, I, I do like um, the top rank card. We're going to get a top rank card here on Friday. Uh, Rob Brandt's going to be making his first defense of his uh, WBA regular middleweight championship. Jeez, WBA, man, stop with the, the multiple belts and divisions. This, this shit's annoying. Uh, he's going to be fending that belt against Kassan Bison. Yeah. He's going to be defending his belt against Kassan. Uh, that is going to be the main event, and that's on ESPN. Um, Josh Regeer, who was a guest here on the show a couple of weeks ago, he's going to be fighting here in a 10-rounder. Uh, Michaela Meyer, excuse me, Mayer. Why do I always want to say Meyer? Michaela Mayer is also going to be on there. Uh, I think those are going to be the three fights that are going to be aired on ESPN. Uh, Steve Nelson, a um, he fights at light heavyweight, also fights a little bit at um, 175, at um, excuse me, 168. Uh, he's going to be fighting. He's um, one of the guys who trains and works with Terrence Crawford. And um, Bo Mack and everybody up there at Omaha. Uh, so he's going to be fighting there on that card as well. So you'll have that live on ESPN. Uh, I think ESPN and then I think the other card is on ESPN+. Plus. Um, I, I really I really hope great things for Rob Brandt. Rob Brandt, I got to say this, he messed up a lot of people's money. If, if everybody can remember when Rob Brandt actually won the championship and – you know, setting right in the middle of the ring, right, right in the middle of the camera, I was um, Morata's promoter, and he was sitting next to um, uh, Tom Leffler. You know, Tom, the, the whole talk was left uh, from Tom Leffler was Triple G versus Morata, possibly even Japan. New Year's Eve would be a huge fight over there in Japan, and Rob Branch just pretty much messed up everyone's money uh, by just completely one side beating Morata. Uh, and did it looking easily. Uh, so he really looked great. Some people have given out on this guy after he had a, a poor performance in the World Boxing Super Series here uh, back in 2017. But he was moving up in weight. He's finding now there's more natural weight here at 160. Uh, and he's going to be making his first title defense. The opponent is undefeated. Uh, so, you know, it could be a tough going there. But also, uh, with undefeated fire, you just don't know how much of that stat has been padded. So... Uh, we hope to we we'll see what Rob Brand has. I mean, this is going to be a put up or shut up moment for him. Um, this is also going to be his opponent's first time ever fighting here in the states. Um, you know how I feel about fighters fighting the first time in the states. I never give them much of a chance at all, and I don't think this is going to be any different here um, this week here for that. So I look for Rob Brand to keep his world championship belt uh, here fighting on Saturday. I'm excuse me on Friday. Also on Friday, which is something I. I don't know. I, I can't explain this because I, I, I never got any sort of clarification, but on Showtime and on UFC Fight Pass, we're going to have Showbox. Now, I don't know if there's going to be different commentators, different cameras. I have no idea. Um, so I, I, I can't say I, – I, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, this is one of those first times where I literally – I don't have an answer as to why we're seeing a card um, on two different networks. I don't know. I, I genuinely wholeheartedly don't know. But uh, the fight is going to air on Showtime and also UFC Fight Pass, the Showbox card. Uh, you know, only maybe the biggest name of note is Mikhail Fox. Uh, he's going to be in the main event. Also, uh, Jesse uh, Hernandez is on the card. Nico Hernandez um, is also on the card. It's going to be in uh, Mulvan, Kansas. Uh, which is not too far from Wichita, where um, Nico Hernandez is at. So I get it. I understand why he's there. So uh, there you go. So that's going to be here on uh, on Friday as well. 
on both <laughs> both Showtime and UFC Fight Pass. So there you go. And also here on Saturday, Leo Santa Cruz is going to be making his return back to the ring. Uh, it's been a minute since he's actually fought, and we've seen him on American television. Not American television. Seen him on television. Period. Um, it's in a, you know, he's facing Rafael Rivera, who Rivera's, you know, making, saying everything he should say. Uh, he's not an opponent. Uh, he's there to win. He's just not a body. So uh, we'll see how that all works out for him. We'll see uh, how good he looks. Uh, Santa Cruz, man, I, I, this is, I, I got to really look at it as no more than a keep busy fight for Santa Cruz. Um, you know, Santa Cruz fought, you know, just one time last year. That was last year against Abner Mares. With him fighting early enough here this year, you would think we should see him a couple more times before the year is out. I would really hope so uh, in that. But uh, it just doesn't seem there's much energy going around in regards to that fight for Leo Santa Cruz this weekend. It just doesn't seem there. It just doesn't seem like many people um, really care, uh, truth be told, um, which is kind of sad. I mean, Leo Santa Cruz at one time was a guy that a lot of people liked. He was vastly popular and it just kind of seemed like after um you know he the move to pbc and the move to al Heyman, um we didn't see the, the knockouts that we used to see from him he hasn't actually stopped a guy he stopped stopped kiko martinez back in 2016 and uh chris avalos here in 2017 but you know we we just hadn't seen that same kind of mean streak out of him we've we seen him in some good fights against carl frampton uh, and even the first fight against abner morris was pretty decent uh, but really, since then, it's not been that same same Leo Santa Cruz we were used to and the one that we kind of fell in love with. So it is what it is. So that fight's here on um, it's here on Saturday. But our guest is calling in right now. So as we stated earlier, man, he's got a lot of things on his mind. Uh, he's got a lot of things to get off his chest. So, you know, we said we we're going to bring him on to explain and, and give his half, his, his side to it. So, you know, let us welcome in. Uh, Vaughn's Mata Rosen's live here on Punch the Face Radio. What's up, guys? How are you guys? I'm trying to uh, man, I, I'm... Go ahead, guys. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, we, we just want to welcome you on, man, because like I said, you got a lot of stuff to get out of your chest. Uh-huh. So, you know, we definitely want to, you know, reach out and make sure that people know what's going on. So let's kind of start from the beginning. You know, when you – I will say this as, as a boxing fan, as a media, when we saw that you signed with uh, Don King here in March of 2017, we all kind of said the same thing. Why? And this is going to end bad. So, you know, explain to the people how you end up getting linked up with Don King. Well – I went to, well, number one thing, um, after, you know, I got my papers uh, from Al, the release from Al um, and Tom Brown, I got a, you know, I got a meeting call to, to go see Don King. You know, they called me from the office that they wanted to see me and uh, schedule an appointment. So I flew there. I flew there. Um, he had me in some fucked up hotel, bro. Um over there in the Lauderdale, but he had me in the closest hotel to the to the office. You know what I mean? I was there for business and um, had me there for like three days because um, he was some doing something with Donald Trump or something in, in Ohio. So then he came back I, and I told him, you know, I'm going to leave. So, 
he finally came to the office. I went and saw him, bro. The guy put 300000 on the table. And the reason why I went over there, too, is, is I thought to myself, you know, Don King, my, my people love Don King. You know, as at the end of the day, he is like a – he's known in the boxing community. So how can I make a comeback, you know, after leaving the best manager like Al Heyman? I left the biggest manager, you know, the biggest, like, thing that's going on right now. Who's the next – the biggest in boxing, bro? I, I've been through all of them, you know what I mean? So Don King was, like, next. And I went to Don, bro. He put the money in front of me, um, and we started from there. And – Everybody was against it, everybody, from media. Everybody's like, man, you crazy. He's about to sign with the devil and, and all kinds of shit. But I thought, you know, at least thought maybe he would be different with me. I don't know why. Maybe, you know, at least be good to one fighter. Everybody calls him a piece of shit. He's, like, not a good promoter. Like, I have to do that, too. Why, why don't you let at least one fighter say something good about you? You know what I mean? Let me defend him. But he proved himself to be, you know, evil and, and like, bad, bro. I mean... I have nothing against him. I never did anything to him, but, you know, why be like that? Why be that person? And that's, well, anyways, I, anyways, I signed with him, bro, and he didn't give me a fight for, like, a year, and then he called me on a two-week notice to give me Golovkin. Yeah, you know, the Golovkin fight, you know, we took it on short notice. We, we all kind of know the situation where that fight was made the way it was made. Uh, you know, you know, I've read something that, you know, there was a certain amount you were going to get paid that he kind of skimmed some of that off of the top that you couldn't recoup back and don't know how he was able to get. Kind of explain how that whole contract and how all that played out here last spring. Um, me and my trainer, you know, Tom Lawson, Golovkin, um, and Derek Campbell, we're, we're, I'm, I, for me and Golovkin are homies. I've known from the amateurs. You know, you know how Europeans agree we kiss on the cheek and shit, you know, like left cheek, right cheek when we see each other. When my dad sees Golovkin, that's how they greet each other. Um, so we well, we knew Golovkin. So when when the fight got made, um, I went to have a, a, a breakfast with Tom Lawfear, okay, in Santa Monica. And I wanted to know what the purse was and stuff like that. So Tom told me, you know, this is the amount. It's 400000 That's what we're going to give you. So Don was on the phone and... Don wanted to take 300000 He wanted to take everything that he gave me from the signing because he's like, I didn't make any money off you right now. At least, you know, to take money. He's talking like I, I've never seen 100000 bro, you know. Like he's talking like I'm going to be happy. He's like, well, I'll give you 100000 Like that's a good thing. I said, no, bro, I'm not taking 100000 At least let's split it. You take two, I take two hundred. And that's that's how we made the deal. And then we got attorneys involved, Pat English, which was my attorney, and he had his attorney that we wrote down on a piece of paper that he's not allowed to take any more money from me besides that 200000 And And we have that signed. And the California Athletic Commission knows that. You know what I mean? Not that they know that. I have those paperwork. They don't even want to, like, I call them. Anyways, I didn't tell you the main part. He took more money than me from my once I got my fight check. They took all the sanctioning fees from my check. They took everything from my check and a plus another $25,000 that says Don King Productions. He was not allowed to take a, an extra twenty five. I got left with like a hundred and like fifty or 60000 for that fight. He took home 225000 Now, did he give any explanation as to why he did that? He said that's his fee. <laughs> wow. 
Oh. On, Don, on top Don, of that, Don. wow. Yeah, um, and the fight happened, man, and I, and I just got a 10.99, bro, three days ago for 225,000. This motherfucker's trying to tax me for that money he took. I just got it in the mail. The 225 that he took, I got a tax papers for me to pay 10.99 on that money he took. I'm supposed to pay tax on the money he's took. No, jeez. Oh, so, so I mean, so have you have you actually had any dialogue with him at all since the Golovkin fight? Have you sat down and talked to him, whether it be in person, over the phone? Has he given you any idea when he's going to get you back in the ring? When he's going to maybe even give you some some money to to help you with training, you know, as he's working on a fight, has he given you any sort of indication at all of what he's doing to help further your career? Um, about, I don't know how many months ago, but I, I needed, a, I needed um, some, a little bit of financial help, so I went, I called him and I talked to him, and he told me, you got to come here alone. He didn't like me with attorneys because my attorneys were putting papers in front of him if my attorney wasn't there, I wouldn't even got the 200000 God knows how much I would have got. I would have got probably like fifty, sixty thousand, 60000 bro, from that fight. Um, he told me that, oh, come to the office, but don't come with nobody. Come alone. I don't want no representation. And me, I fucking went over there, bro, that down, and it, was, it wasn't me and him alone. It was him. It was me, him, two ladies that work in the office who I fucking hate, and then some other guy. So it was like four of them versus me. And he gave me uh, another. He gave me like another fifty thousand. He gave me twenty five thousand there, and then he told me that he's gonna um, he's gonna give me another twenty five thousand like a week or something. You know what I mean? I told him no, I don't want that. Just send me every month for the next five months. Send me five thousand, and, and we'll go from there. We're good. He's like, all right, sign this paper, bro. I signed a paper that I don't even know what it is. I have no pay- people to read it. It's like a it's paperwork. I signed that paper, and, and recently, like right now, I went through those papers. I have people looking at it, and that on that paperwork, it says that I owe him 350000 And it's, he renewed my contract. He took the 300 that he gave me to sign. He's basically saying the 225 basically is a gift for him. He's not even deducting that from that 300. He he says that since he gave me 50000 he's act, adding that 50000 to the Three hundred thousand. Now I owe him three hundred fifty thousand. So I'm like, what happened to that two twenty five? And I just got an IRS paper for that two twenty five. Wow. So the contract is now renewed. So how you know what are the terms that's actually left of the contract? Like what? How many years are you owing him? How many fights are left? What What is that actually now entailing for you in, in regards to being able to fight? Or what's What's the situation there with that renewal? No, I, I I haven't read it. I don't know what's on there. I have no idea how to read this contract. I, I didn't have anybody look at it. I, I got my, my lawyer, Pat English, I, I, I stopped talking to him because it's done. He's like, don't talk to nobody. I'll take care of you, just me and you. I haven't spoke to him ever since, bro. Ever since that day that he gave me that contract, I haven't spoke to him ever since. Ever since wow. that day, I haven't spoke to him. I've been trying to, I've been trying to reach out to him and everything. You know, after that, bro, recently my father got sick weeks ago. He got bladder cancer. And I wanted to, you know, my father, since he's been with me throughout my whole career, is my best friend. We went to the Olympics together. I want him to see me a champion in the pros. 
I deserve to get a fair shot to be a champion. You know, I see all the people that I beat are becoming champions. And I reached out to him, bro. I'm all emotional. I'm like, John, can you just give me a call? It's very urgent. I need to talk to you. My dad has this. And I even told him my dad's going through. I haven't even heard from him. I got a message from one of the ladies in the office saying, I've sent your urgent matter to Don. He'll respond. He hasn't even responded to me at all. And so I, I completely lost it, bro. And then when a few days ago when I got that paperwork, Imagine I'm going through depression. I'm thinking if I should blast myself, kill myself, and I'm going through all these depressions through it, and I get a 1099. Not only that, now you got to pay tax for the money I took. So I'm dealing with a lot right now with Don. On top of that, the WBC also. So it's a lot going on, brother. I, I mean that that's putting it mildly in regards to that because I mean and then you know and I, I tweeted this out today that somehow Don King won a purse bid for a fight so I mean it's not like he doesn't have the money it's it's just he's being Don King unfortunately I mean he's being the, the guy that that he's been kind of painted of being uh, with a lot of us in media a lot of other fighters who've had issues with him and had to sue him. Uh, I mean, is that going to be the next step? Is possibly trying to sue him to get out of the contract? Or are you going to try to maybe find a promoter who will be willing to buy out, buy out your contract? You know, what's, what's the next step if you're able to get a hold of him? I mean, are you willing to to take another fight with him or try to fight out the contract? You know, what what steps are, are, are you kind of looking at it as being your options? Man, remember, remember when Zab Judah fought Baldemir? And then uh, he lost, and then, like, the the, the, the post-fight, you know, then they're interviewing Zab Judah. Don King standing behind him, and Zab Judah's like, man, my promoter's a piece of shit. That's how I feel about Don, bro. He's a piece of shit, bro. Like, at least, I feel this, man. The guy's 87 years old. When, when, when God forbid, this happens to him, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, but when you die, you want people to be fucking sad or happy you're dead. You know what I mean? At least do something good before you go. Let let somebody say, you know what? He was actually good to Vonis. At the end of the day, he screwed over Mike Tyson's career. He screwed over all these people. At least he was good to the last fighter he signed. But he's doing all these things. I don't want nothing to do with him, bro. Like, I, I he already got his money. You know what I mean? He got, I don't know how much money he got, actually, from the fight. I don't even know if he talked to Tom or anybody else. He got more money that I don't even know about. I don't know, bro. It's a fucked up, you know, business that the more... Since I got into to it alone, to see myself, bro, I see so many bad things, bro, and I get scared to talk about it sometimes. I'm like, man, this is too scary, some of the things, because it's like so fucking, it's right there in people's eyes and people don't see it. Yeah, and, and the situation you're going through, I mean, you know, I, I hate to hear that you're going through depression and, you know, definitely our thoughts and prayers with your family and your father. Uh, you know, d- You know, definitely don't, don't take the harm out and hurt out on yourself. Uh, I, I, let me let me no. just make sure I make that as you're here on the show. We don't, you know, I, you know. If I got to fly out there and find you and hold your hand through this, <laughs> I will because you know it, it's you know he's he's not worth it. And I know you have family, you have friends that love you. You know, I know depression can be a dark place. Hell, I've even been there at points in my life, so I understand. You got to push through it. You, you, you said you're Christian. You have your faith. Don't let it is you calling the shit get to don't don't let that happen. You gotta be there for your family and especially your father during this time. So let me let me just say that piece in regards to that. Now, you know, you've said that you've worked with Al Heyman, you've been with Golden Boy, you've worked with uh Goosen, you've worked with everyone. Do you ever fear that 
that, you know, with you kind of going from promoter to promoter that you maybe burnt any bridges with promoters to where you may have a hard time finding someone to help you out out of this situation? Well, the, well, when I was with Top Rank, bro, they were building me up. Everything was going good. And then it came the time to step it up, you know. My style, if you watch my style in the beginning, nobody can touch me. I was moving too much. I was dancing around. I was punching, moving. I had power. If I landed, I was getting guys. And if I didn't, I was winning nicely. I wasn't getting that much damage. Um, it came the time to step it up, you know, when I fought Kasimuma. The, the fight that um, I fought Joe Green in New York. Um, Joe Green's from New York, um, and they matched the fight. He's undefeated. He was like, we were both undefeated. And it was the co-main event of uh, Miguel Cotto versus Yuri Foreman. And they put me against jo- uh, Joe Green. Um, I won the fight unanimously. I dropped him in the 12th round. Everybody around me, bro, like, including my uncle, everybody's, like, sad, bro. I won unanimously, dropped the guy. Oh, you, you should have knocked him out, they tell me. Like, it was never, like, they were not happy with my performance. It was, I was winning, you know what I mean? But they wanted, like, better performance. They wanted me to knock the dudes out and stuff like that. So, I, that's, things went bad with top rank. Um, I took a year off after that for boxing, um, after the Joe Green fight. And I came back, like, a, a year later to fight Saul Romano for the WBC title. But top rank, that's when things went bad with top rank right there. And I just told him after the Andrade fight, um, I told him, you know what, I, I just taught the buff that from top rank. Um, it's not that I burned bridges. I wrote him a nice email. I still had like a year and a half with them. So I wrote an email to Todd the buff telling him, hey, you know what, bro? We're not on the same page here, bro. Um, I'm not happy. And uh, I see you guys are not happy with my performance. You gotta, You guys have all these fighters. Let me get my release, bro. Like, I wish you the best. You got a family. That's how you feel your family. I got to feel my family, too. Bro, Todd the buff from Top Rank, he did a, he, bro, a gentleman, bro. He sent me my release the next day. He's like, hey, you go, champ. We wish you the best. And so I went to Dan Goosen. From Dan Goosen, got me with Al. So it was like me, Dan, and Al. Al was, bro, Al, at that time when Al came into the game, he was signing all these people. He was taking care of us. A lot of media people were talking shit from Dan Raphael to Steve Kim. They were writing. Um, Boxing Monopoly. Hello, can you guys hear me? Can I hear you? Yeah, we hear you. I signed with Al, and he was taking care of me. He was being good to me. And then um, I said some things, bro. Like, like I got into it with some people in the in the with Al. You know, I I barely spoke to Al like five times. You know what I mean? Throughout the whole time I knew him, but every time he talked to me, he was nice to me. Whenever I need financial help, he was there for me. You know, so I said some things, bro. After I fought Laura, bro, I didn't fight for six months, or and I reached out and I was like, I'm not happy with Al. I said some things. I was basically looking at the media, talking shit, and I said something. I'm not happy with Al. He's holding me back and stuff like that. But I was really happy with Al, bro. He's, I just want to make it clear, man. I'm not saying it for him to do anything for me. No, bro. I, as my conscience, bro, I felt bad. Because right now when I'm going through depression and stuff like that, I sat and thought about my whole career, where I made my mistakes, and who was good for me, who wasn't. Um, and I ended up saying something about the wrong person. You know, I meant it towards other people in the company. I don't want to name. Um, I wasn't happy with Tom, so... 
As soon as Al found out I wasn't happy, bro, he even, he even gave me the release. But he's like, you shouldn't fucking write some shit like that. He just called me man to man. I would have gave it to you. You know what I mean? You don't have to do that. And I let the boxing world know. Now, I'm the only person that badmouthed him. And I, and I want to say sorry for that. Because now I realize, you know, look at how he takes care of his fighters. And those media people that were talking shit, that fat-ass Dan Raphael, bro, look at PBC. That motherfucker's eating nachos right now ringside. All of a sudden, <laughs> he came around to PBC, right? I see him every time on people and I fucking get upset, bro. All those fucking cocksuckers, bro. They're all all of a sudden that's the I feel like that's the corruption. I don't I don't care I'll speak about it, bro. Those p- people are, are are all together, man. They're all controlled. You know, some of those media like right now, you guys reached out to me. I feel like you guys are are, are they you guys want to know about boxers, real fighters. But how come like boxing scene and those big sites don't reach out to me to hear my story, bro. I'm talking about depression, corruption, WBC, Don King. They don't reach out to me to get the story because they're controlled by them. That's how I feel about that. Um, now all those media people, I feel like they were just, they didn't want to, honestly, bro, I feel like they didn't want to see a, 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 a black person, a black man being in control and taking care of fighters. And they, they were, at the beginning, they were saying, He's favoring black fighters, but look at all the guys he has. He signed everybody, white, black, Chinese, everybody. He even got a Mongolian guy. He had everybody who takes care of fighters. When fighters lose, they still get an opportunity to fight. On this end, bro, you lose, you get shelved. The Golovkin fight was a favor, man. I did a favor for everybody, but I got screwed over, man. I made a mistake by leaving out, and that's that's the whole depression thing. You know, I'm just sitting here. You know, You know how you, like, when you know you fuck up, like, and you just think about, like, you know, man, things could have went differently if you didn't do that. Let my emotions, I speak with my emotions all the time, and it kind of got me, man. I shouldn't have done that, but I made a mistake, man. I went from Al to fucking Don King, bro. Wow, you all right? People can look at me like, damn, how did that happen? <laughs> Not to laugh, but the way you put it, it's it's it's, it's so poignant. I mean, we're we're kind of like... It, it, it's it's a real shit situation now. You, you speak of the WBC, and I can say the WBC is not a fan of me. Uh, they do have me blocked on social media, um, and I also find them to be very corrupt and very questionable in what they do. Along with the WBA, I got to throw the WBA in that as well. Um, what, I know you also have a gripe with them in regards to the rankings that they have you at and how they dropped you in the rankings. Okay, I'll explain that. Oh, by the way, I got off the phone with Austin Trout right now, but that's why I was late to call you guys a little bit because I was talking to Austin. Um, good. I was getting his lawyer's information. This is my homie, man. We Check this out. I'll tell you something real quick. Me and Austin, when we fought in the amateurs, we fought three times, right? And when we fought each other, bro, we would win and we would eat. We would eat together before we would fight. You know, we're about to fight each other. We would eat and talk shit to each other. We, you know, sitting on the same table eating together. And we would fight a couple hours later. And we've been friends. So I called Austin and said, hey, bro, let me get that lawyer's number that you're suing the WBO with. Let me get on board with that because I'm, I'm about to, you know, sue WBC. <laughs> and so that's why. You know, we're not late. So Good. I'm let me get the WBC situation. <laughs> okay. I signed with Don King. I was ordered to fight Ishe Smith. I've never seen four or five purse bids. If you guys Google, you could find us. Four or five purse bids get postponed. Okay? 
I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, I cannot get a fight for like that. It just kept dragging and dragging until Ishe Smith said, you know what, fuck it, bro. I'm gonna. He, he pulled out. And then Dave Ryan Salaki, I was rated number one in the WBC before I, when I went to fight Golovkin. Number one, mandatory for Charlo. They ordered a fight with Salaki. You guys know that Polish kid, right? That fought uh, uh, Danny Jacobs. Yeah. Yeah, okay. He, he, he's scheduled to fight, I think, Gabriel Sato in a couple of weeks, I think. Um, him. He, well, our fight went to Perspid. WBC orders me to fight Salaki to fight Charlo. I'm already number one. They want me to do a mandatory fight. You know, they're playing those games again. So I take the Salaki first bid. We win the first bid. All of a sudden, Salaki doesn't like the, the, the offer on the first bid. He, he canceled. He pulled out of the fight, and he went to fight Danny Jacobs. He got a better offer at 160. He lost to Danny Jacobs a couple months later. I don't know how, much, how long later I fought. I got the offer to fight Golovkin. I moved up to fight Golovkin, and I lost. I'm a 54-pounder. I'm trying to get back to my, you know, 154. I'm not even in the rankings at 154 at all. They removed me from the rankings. But Salaki is rated number four in the rankings till today, bro. Right now. All these months he's been rated number five, number five, and now he's rated number four. We never lost that 54. We lost that 60. Mm. I lost that 62. Why does he keep his ranking and I don't? So they completely removed me off that. And the reason why I'm mad at the WBC, really, really mad at them, bro, and all everybody else, is because I fucking put money in their pocket, bro. If I don't take the Golovkin fight on two weeks' notice, the fight is canceled. Tom Lawfare was telling me, bro, if you don't take it, it's either you or we're canceling the show. Millions of dollars went into that promotion because, remember, they're not trying to promote Vonis versus Triple G. They were promoting fucking Triple G versus Canelo so Canelo started eating a carne asada meat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Trust me, I, I know. Okay. So I took the fight. How much money did I save? I saved Golovkin money. He got a million dollars for the fight. Tom Lafayette made his money. Don King made his money. WBA made his money. WBC made his money. I go in there. I, I play the role, dog. I play the role. You know what I mean? I, I go in there, play the role. Golovkin's the hardest puncher I've ever faced, dog. I play that little role, try to hype up this shit. Where's the fucking love when I move back to 54? Oh, I'm completely removed from the rankings now? You know what I mean? That's 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 the whole messed up thing with WBC. Why did they fucking do that, bro? I, I put money in your pocket. You know, I, I made that fight happen. You guys made money for me and Golovkin. If I knew you were going to do that, why would I pay the sanctioning fee? You know what I mean? I would not even pay you guys any of that money. So I've been good to the WBC all the time. It just they just continue to show their the 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 corruption that they do. Like they always try to favor the promoter or the manager at the time that got the money that has the fighters. And that's messed up because real fighters, man, there's fighters on the street starving, depressed. You know what I mean? There's fighters that can beat a lot of champions today, but they don't have they don't have, you know, they don't have the representation. They don't have what uh, those fighters have, bro. I'm looking at the rankings. There's fighters that are so horrible, bro, and I'm not even in the, in the rankings. So the WBC is going to get a nice lawsuit soon, bro. Oh, my God. I talked to Austin. He's like, he's like, bro, you got a case. So I'm, I'm getting his lawyer involved, bro, and we're going to rock and roll with that shit. Um, WBC say that they care. Bullshit they care, bro. Today I went to WBC's Instagram, 
and I see that they have a picture with Adonis Stevenson, you know, I'm with the champ. He puts Mauricio puts, he's with the champ. The champ is doing good and fighting. You know what I did? I put down, you fucking care? Why don't you pay his hospital bill, you fucking care? Why don't you give his sanctioning feedback that you took for that fight that he got injured in? If you really fucking mm. care. Posting a picture saying you care? Bullshit, you care. Care when we're injured, bro. The guy will never fight again. What is a picture going to do? Well said. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it, I mean, it's the truth. Yep. Wow. Just, just wow. Uh, again, our, our guest is Vons Monterosen. Man, you, the bright side is Vons. You're still, you're still young. You're 32. So I mean, obviously, we want to hope you get back in the ring sooner than later because we want to keep you active. But you still have a lot of time left in boxing. You know, if you had to look at one champion that you want to go after, I mean, is there any guys that you really would want to target and want to get a fight against here? Let's say in the next 12 to 18 months. Bro. Jamel Charlo, you know, by the way, I'm, I'm going to screenshot a message from Jamel Charlo on my Instagram. How he's telling me, bro, I'm praying you get the Golovkin fight. You know, people like gangster and they talk shit when, when people are looking. But, you know, people know I can show messages of people in my inbox, bro, how, how fucking they're so sweet. You understand what I'm saying? When the Golovkin thing was happening, bro, Charlo sends me a message. What's up, bro? I, we, I'm praying. I, I'm praying. I'll send it to you. I'm praying that you get the Golovkin fight. He tells me. You understand? So, I would have loved to fight uh, Charlo. You know, I want to fight her, Jared Hurd, bro. Magia, you know, the Jaime Magia. You know what I mean? I wanted to fight those guys. I want to fight all all the guys, man, because I feel like I belong in there. You know what I mean? The Golovkin fight was not me. People know that. I was smoking a joint when they called me, bro. Let me be honest with you guys, bro. You know what I mean? I just smoked my morning joint with coffee, and I'm laying in bed, and I see a phone call. And I'm just, like, watching Family Guy, and I see my phone, bro. It says Don King on it. He's like, you want to fight this guy named Golovkin? I'm like, you fucking serious, bro? <laughs> I thought it was a joke. So coffee, a joint, and Family Guy, where you got off of the Triple G fight. I love it. Yeah. And, and I took it, too. And what's crazy is that, WBC cares about fighters' health, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, bro. Right now, I look back, of course, I'm fucking, I would have said, you know, what, what am I supposed to say? I'm supposed to say I'm not in shape. I'm not ready to fight. Hell yeah, I want to fight, bro. $400,000, you know, almost $4 million. Hell yeah, you know, I'll fight, I'll fight Wilder right now. You know what I mean? I'll fight anybody right now, bro. It's money. That's how I take care of my family. That's how I make money. I got to play the role. I got to say, oh, you know, I'll fight as all. I'm in good shape. Yeah, I'm ready to go and blah, blah, blah. But, Look at, the guy hasn't fought in two fucking years. The last guy I fought was Lara in 2016. Jaime Magia, they're saying it's between you and Jaime Magia to fight Golovkin. And Jaime Magia is in camp, had a full camp. He's getting ready to fight somebody. He's ready to go. He accepts the fight. But they picked me. They picked me the safe guy. So, all right. They think that it's safe. So, I, I whatever I could do, bro, in that first round match, if I had 12 weeks of training, he would have seen that 12 rounds. He would have seen something different. I went in there, and I didn't want to back out. I could have ran and tried to go a couple of rounds. No, man, I went in there, and, and I wanted to test him, and I, and I touched his ass in the first round. And I think I, I made a lot of people be like, damn, this fool's actually human. He's not the monster that people think. Because I kind of shook him in that first round. And the second round, bro, he did his thing. And what's crazy is Don King calls me after the fucking fight and tells me he's filing a protest. 
I'm like, for what? He's like, your knee was down when he hit you on the back of the head. I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here, bro. Are you fucking serious? I'm not I'm not going to do that, bro. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to pull an Andre Durrell right now, bro. Come on. You know what I mean? I don't do that, bro. I, I admit my losses, bro. When Andrade beat me, he beat me fair and square, dog. He I went down in the first round. The guy got up and boxed beautifully. He had a good game plan. He didn't want to come and trade with me. He just moved for 12 rounds and beat me fair and square. But everybody else, I didn't get a fair share. You know, I didn't get a fair shot. And I'm just upset, bro, and all these things are kicking in now, you know, in my career. Um, just sitting here, bro, and just thinking about it, man, and depression and all this stuff. Why weren't they fair to me after I did a favor for them? I saved them millions of dollars, guys, millions of dollars, bro, and they go into my rankings. They try to remove me. At least put me in number five or something, you know. Don't, 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 don't make it so obvious. Wow, just just wow, man. I mean, well, Vaz, man, I, I'm, I really hope that everything does work out. I mean, really, at the end of the day, you've entertained us. We know that you still got a ton of fight left in you, especially at your proper weight class. I just hope that somebody hears this and the, the wheels can start turning to either get you some fights with Don King or somehow you're able to get out of this contract. So, you know, before we go, I want you just to give one last message to the fans and to – the doubters out there, in regards to your situation, just kind of speak your last piece here before we go. Um, you know, I know I'm outspoken to a lot of fans. I, I bro, few about a week ago, I was like really fucked up, you know, really thinking really really bad things, and I was literally online searching like helplines and shit like that. You know what I mean? At 2 a.m. So. A lot of fans reached out to me, and that kind of like my mind is so good right now. My mind is like, fuck them. They're not going to retire me. I'm going to retire them. So I'm going to do what I can, bro. I'm getting a team of attorneys. I'm going I'm to see what I can do with the WBC and Don King. By the way, Don King, you know, do you guys know that Don King is the godfather of Mauricio Suleiman? I don't know if you guys know that. So when I told Don King that I'm suing, uh, I'm going to try to, um, you know, Mauricio mess with my rankings, I'm going to sue him, he flipped out. And he's the one who told me not to do it. This was before, you know, all these things. I had a conversation with him before, Mauricio, why are you moving my rankings, you know? And he never got back to me. As soon as I told him I'm going to sue him, if he doesn't do anything, he told me, don't ever contact me again. Contact my lawyer. I'm like, all right. You know what I mean? So I want to thank everybody, bro. Thank you guys. That, you know, I got, you know, I'm all over the place talking to, bro, because I got so much in my head to talk to you guys about. But um, thank you guys, man. Thanks for the fans. I hope I get the message across. And to all the fighters out there, whatever they're dealing with, man, it sucks that, you know, we can't go in there and fight. The amateurs were so cool, man. We could fight anybody. We fought like five days in a row. It was all love. It was all free, and, and it was so much love. I love the sport of boxing, you know. It sucks that we got to go through a fight, bro, and get head injury till this day, bro. After doing all those things I did for these motherfuckers, they fucking go and play golf the next day. They go and count their money. I have to come home, and I got to watch replays of the knockout. You know what I mean? I got I to gotta listen to, like, commentary and I gotta hear people tagging me in posts, tagging me in, in knockout posts and stuff like that so it sucks man Like we gotta come home and chew on ibuprofen for a whole week, smoke weed and try to calm down while these motherfuckers are counting their money and they're playing golf and then they fuck with you rankings at the end of the day try to completely fuck me bro that's why I'm upset man This, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers I'm not trying to you know do anything bro like I'm just trying to speak the truth this is not right, man. What they're doing, and I have nothing against them. I didn't do nothing against them. If I showed them love, 
donkey and them, where's the love? There's no love back, bro. So that's where I'm at right now, brother. So and now I'm getting a I got I got a new I got a management team. I posted on my Instagram, you guys can see. We're gonna go hard, bro. We're gonna take over and then everybody's gonna get what they deserve, brother. Absolutely. Well Vaughn's man again. We appreciate you taking out time. We hope that this this being on here, you're able to vent and get some of that out. Uh, you know, keep your head clear as much as you can. Again, our thoughts and prayers with you and your family, with your father going through what he's going through. Uh, you know, definitely wish him the best and, and, and hope he can make a, a, a speedy recovery. And we hope to see you in the ring soon. And, and as always, man, you have a welcome spot back here on the show. You're extremely opinionated, and we love that. This is a show here for the fighters and for the fans. I uh, appreciate you guys, man. Um, thank you so much, brother, for taking the time. Um, thanks for the for everybody and the fans, man. The fans are amazing, man. I got a lot of positive energy from you guys and the fans. And Lily, man, thank you guys for trying to listen to me, bro, because there's, there's a lot of corrupt even media that, you know, they didn't want to hear what I had to say. You know what I mean? So thank you guys. Um, I appreciate you guys. Absolutely, Vines, man. Keep your head up, man. We'll be definitely in contact with you. Uh, and, um, you know, best of luck with everything going forward, and we'll try our best to push the message out as well to free Vines here in 2019. Thank you so much. Thank you, Doc. I like that. Thank you, brother. Have a All good right, day. man. You take it easy. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right. Big thank you to our guest here, Vines Monterosen. Uh, man, that, that just kind of breaks your heart to hear, man, the guy suffering through depression. He, he's talking about like, you know, having suicidal thoughts. I mean, th- this this boxing game, it's not a game, man. It, it's This is real life, and um, it, it really has some shitty parts to it. And what we just heard from him is some of the darker, shittier parts of, of boxing. And it, it breaks my heart to hear, man. I'm kind of I'm kind of taken aback. About that, you know, we know Vons is a very emotional guy. He's about very outspoken guy. So I, I knew that, but um, you know, didn't know he was, you know, dealing and being in, in a dark place like he was here, uh, dealing with all of this. So uh, definitely, we want to say, um, you know, free Vons here in 2019. Uh, that's the new movement. So that's the hashtag we're gonna go with, free Vons uh, from everything. But uh, really interesting to hear, you know, a lot of. Um, Positive uh, things in regards to Al Heyman and, and things not ending the way he wanted to wake him in there. Um, but uh, he had nothing but good things to say in regards to Al. So um, we'll see what happens here in regards to suing the WBC. Oh, man, that's that's a lot to take in, folks. But uh, we will open up the phone lines now. So if you're listening to the show and you want to call in, you can call in at area code 929 477 3165. And again, you can tweet me here at Brandon P2TF. Um, let me kind of recap here last weekend's fights, and then I'm going to get to the the segment here of the show. I'm I'm, I'm still kind of I'm still thrown off here. The segment here of the show uh, we want to talk about in regards to the unpopular opinion. But uh, let, let's talk about last weekend's fights here. Um, do, 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 do. So we had the. <sighs> It was the return of Javante Davis, and um, I'll be honest, I wasn't. Um, let's just start with the fight itself. Javante Davis fought a guy on late replacement, late, late replacement, um, and I think we all, the, the way that the fight, everything going, the way it happened, we're, we weren't shocked. 
Uh, he was able to completely run rough shot through his opponent, uh, and um, he did what he was supposed to do. I mean, he beat a lesser fighter, and he beat him with ease. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, but, you know, what happened after the fight is what really agitates me. So let me play some audio here in regards to the post-fight media scrum and what was said by Javante Davis's promoter. Lomachenko, hey, do you think that will be the huge fight for you? It's time for us to move and talk right here. Like I said before, we're not going to call no particular fighter out, and it's not like we're ducking the dodge at anyone. Lomachenko has to fight as many fights as possible extremely quick because he's very, very old. Tank is probably 10 years or 11 years younger than Lomachenko. Lomachenko will be 40 before you know it. There's no rush, Tank. Your job is to continue to go out there and do what you're doing. You making, he's making, you making the same money Lomachenko is, is making, and you're doing it easier. Lomachenko just fought. Now Lomachenko is a hell of a fighter, and I like Lomachenko. But the guy um, after Tank went out there and beat the after Tank went out there and beat the champion up. Lomachenko fought Tank leftovers and with the distance. And guess what? Tank didn't have to go to the uh, Olympics. Tank didn't have to fight 300 amateur fights. Tank didn't have to fight four amateur fights, 400 amateur fights. Tank gonna go out there and get the job done. This right here, he's the real one in boxing. He's the truth. We don't care about that. We don't want to hear about that. So here's the problem with that. Um, there, there, there's a couple of things I want to point out here in regards uh, to uh, Floyd Mayweather's comments there. So Vasali Lomachenko is not 40. Uh, Vasali actually turns 31 here on February 17th. So if you listen to the show live four days from now, he will be turning 31. Uh, Javante Davis is 24. So there's only a six-year age gap there, not, not as large of a gap as Floyd made out there. So there's that. Um, you know, here's the part of the show, of the new segment, Brandon's unpopular opinion. So, you know, here's my unpopular opinion, and Lord knows I'm probably going to piss some people off on this one. Um, my unpopular opinion is this, Javante Davis needs to fight someone of note, someone of name, Someone of genuine caliber now, not whenever he's ready, not a year from now, not – no, he needs to fight someone now because all of us see this for what it is. This is a facade. Now, if Floyd truly thinks and believes in his fighter – he would make that fight happen. That would be a big fight. Javante Davis would be the B-side, no doubt about it. Lomachenko has, has all the accolades and deserves that. But it makes me wonder if Floyd doesn't want his fighter to be the B-side in a situation like that or if he doesn't believe his fighter can win. My unpopular opinion is Javante Davis needs to fight someone of note, and he needs to fight them now. Um you know, I know a lot of people have him ranked high amongst the super featherweights in the world. Um, I don't know if I can put him there because in activity and the guy he fought was of no real remnants. I mean, no disrespect to uh, to Ruiz, but he just wasn't. 
Let's just call it what it is. He was not not of any substance. Miguel Burchek is there. Tevin Farmer, which is the fight that makes the most sense, is there. And, you know, Francisco Vargas, the new champion who we'll talk about here in a few moments as well. Um, Andrew, uh, uh, I think you enunciated Cancio. Cancio, I think that's how you enunciate his name. New champion there. Um, you know, even a much lesser extent, Alberto Machado. Alberto Machado as well. So, like I said, we'll touch on Machado here in a moment. But that's my unpopular opinion. He has to fight somebody of name. He can't keep going around making these, you know, fighting these guys that we have never heard of or guys moving up in weight. Or, you know, Floyd Mayweather made a comment during fight week last week of don't blame Tank for Tank's opponents. Blame me. I'm the promoter. Well, Floyd, I got to blame you. This is on your hands. Now, we know, and they can try to dispute it as much as they want, but the evidence is there. Tank Davis has had issues with Mayweather promotions. It may be all good and you know sunny now, but it hasn't always been that way. Just a year ago was complaints, and last spring it was complaints. There's been issues with him and the promotion. We know the prom- somebody in the promotion did a a story about him and tried to, um, you know, expose him and said he was chasing after women and focusing and it blew a lot of money. Um, you know, that story was a couple of years ago that that broke. Uh, there was also comments being made that Floyd Mayweather doesn't want to see any fighter eclipse him and his greatness. He's going to try. He's going to get you just enough to where you can't get past him. I still wonder if that's the case with Tank Davis, if that's the direction they're going. Um, you know, there's also talk of him now going over in Japan in May and fighting the same kickboxer that Floyd fought here on New Year's Eve and making some money. That makes no sense. That does nothing whatsoever to help Tank Davis's career. Because here in America, we're probably not going to see about it. We'll see it on social media and Twitter, but that's not going to boost his standing with boxing fans. And for those who are going to say, and, and don't get me wrong, this sounds like I'm piling on Javante. I'm not piling on, piling on him. I think he's a hell of a talent. He's a part of our 25 and 25 list. I think he's a phenomenal fighter. I think he's a great fighter. But I also think he could be doing a lot better than what he's doing opponent-wise right now. Tank versus Farmer, yes. Shout out to Brock Boxing Strength. That is the fight to make. Why no one wants to make that, I don't know. Why everyone? Why Tank Davis thinks he's so much better than Tevin Farmer uh, to make that fight. and. Not wanting to work with Eddie Hearn. It just seems like it's too much posturing going on for this. And this is where we're at. It's just, it, it's sad that this is the state that we're in. So that's my unpopular opinion of the week. Tank Davis needs to fight another champion or at least a top contender in his next fight. If that's not the case, I don't want to hear about it. Period. Uh, there's just no point of continuing to have him on television, continue to call him the next pay-per-view star. That, that's another point I want to make. You know, don't call him the next pay-per-view star if he's still fighting on Showtime and doing marginal numbers. And again, this isn't me pounding on him. These are just – these are facts. You know, stop put putting and painting this guy in a corner and letting him be just who he is. Just let him fight, man. Just let him blossom into his own guy. And I don't think that's being done enough by his promoter. I think they did a good job of promoting him this past fight, but I want to see that injury energy, you know, consistently from Mayweather promotions in regards to Tank Davis. Put this guy out here, you know, you know, get get him on some programs. Let, let the people see who he is. Let him hear, hear his backstory and what have you. I don't think we get enough of that. 
from them and let him fight somebody of substance. Let him fight another champion. Uh, we know he's had a willingness. He won his belt going over uh, overseas and fighting over in the UK. The guy fight anybody you put in front of him. It's his promoter's job to make sure he fights somebody of note next. So that's the unpopular opinion here of the week. Now, I also have to touch on some other fights in regards to the Super Featherweight division because it got pretty much blown up last week. Uh, as I said, we now have a new champion, uh, Andrew, um, I think it's Canseo, Ken, Ken, I think it's Andrew Canseo. Hopefully I'm not saying that correctly. My apologies, Andrew, if I am mispronunciating your name. Um, he's shocked everybody and pulled out a stunning t- knockout win over Berto Machado here this past weekend over in California. Uh, Machado just didn't look himself in the fight. I, I'm not making any excuses for him, but he just did not look – Just something just didn't add up. He just didn't seem right. And Andrew went in there and took advantage of it, did some great body work, ended the fight with a body shot, and was able to uh, get the stoppage win. Um, I don't know what to call it now. You know, he's even – the thing is, you got to give a much a lot of credit here to to Andrew. Um, he's said he's willing to go to Baltimore and fight Tank Davis there in a WBA unification bout. Uh, but again, the WBA being the weirdos that they are, um, they have seventy four belts here in regards to um, their 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 divisions. You know, Tank is the the super champion, while Andrew's now the regular champion. It makes no sense. You know, if you're going to have a champion, have a champion. If someone's injured or not fighting, have an interim champion. But we don't need a super, a regular, uh, a champion interim or, you know, an interim champ. Uh, it's just too many belts by these sanctioning bodies in one division. But the reason behind that, we heard our tonight's guest, Vine Marta Rosen, say it the sanctioning fees. They're looking to make that money. And the more belts they can spread out and, and give some sort of reasoning for having that belt, the more money they can make off of sanctioning fees, which is a shame. So we may not see any sort of unification for that. There's been talks of mandatories for both of these guys. And then I guess maybe after the mandatory, we'll see. So I, it, it's just it's just sad, sad state there of that. But, uh, yeah, I was completely shocked and stunned uh, the way Alberto Machado went down. Uh, after I hyped him on last week's show, um, you know, he was the fighting pride of Puerto Rico. I mean, he was going to be the guy who was going to carry the torch for Puerto Rican boxing post uh, post um, Miguel Cotto. And, um, yeah, that's not going to happen now. Uh, the search for Puerto Rico's next big boxing star continues. It still could be Machado. You know, there's still some time. You know, it's not like he's dead in the water. Uh, he can recover from this loss. But it was a bad way of losing. So, um at least for the time being, Puerto Rican boxing has no face to it. Maybe the face is still Miguel Cotto um, until we find someone else. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's a very sad day for Puerto Rican boxing. I also want to give a shout-out to Ray Vargas, who picked up a win here over the weekend here on that same card. Uh, he won, and so did uh, Joseph Diaz. Uh, in Toronto, Johnson and Fernando uh, Castaneda had a, a complete war that ended up going to a draw. Hell of a good fight. Uh, if you haven't seen that fight, make sure you go back and watch it on DAZN. So that fight card aired on DAZN. So, um, yeah, big ups to both of those guys. That was a great fight there in the middleweight division. Good to see Tariano Johnson back in action. So salute to him uh, for that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so there is, there was that. So let me, um, whoa, 
yeah. So, yeah, shout out to that. So we got a couple text messages from Von Monter Rosen here uh, after his appearance, and I uh, and I want to make sure I make this premise clear. Uh, this is in in his opinion. Uh, he also wanted to say boxing scene and fight news is also corrupt. Uh, he says, make sure you said that's Vine's opinion and fuck them too. <laughs> oh God, Vine's maybe my ne- my favorite person now in boxing. He's he's definitely uh, in the talk and in the running for being the best uh, person in boxing. Just absolutely hilarious. So shout out to Vine's Mata Rosen uh, for coming on and doing the show. Um, also another big salute, man. Um, it was a tough fight. It was kind of tough to watch. Um, I'm not even going to lie about it. It was tough to watch, but um, over the weekend here on the um, undercard here for uh, Javante Davis's fight, uh, we saw Ishii Smith get stopped for the first time in his career, and it was also the last fight of his career. Uh, Erickson Lubin came through and was able to stop Ishii Smith, uh, just completely just bum-rushed him. Um, Lubin looked like the guy we saw in all of Lubin's fights before the Charlo fight. Uh, definitely came out was the aggressor he fought with confidence. Uh, so big up to him. He's now back in the running. He, we show he's not dead. He's hit the career reset button with this win because Ishii Smith's a tough guy to get out of there. So shout out to Erickson Lubin in that regards. But, you know, a big salute to Ishii Smith. Ishii Smith, um, a fighter who's just, you know, he's had his peaks, his valleys, uh, the good and the bad. But he's he's been there. He's been there all, the whole time. Now, this is a guy who's fought 40 career fights. Uh, he's been a pro since 2000. So we're cl- talking close to a 20-year boxing career uh, that stemmed from being on the contender to being on Showbox uh, to signing with Mayweather Promotions to we seeing him win his first world title and crying in the ring. And, you know, a lot of us made fun of him for that. He, he was a meme but at the end of the day, you know, he showed so much heart and so much balls. Um, like I said, he was never stopped in a fight except here his very last fight against Erickson Lubin. Uh, he's fought, you know, fought a ton of guys. You know, he lost a split decision fight against Tony Harrison. Just think if he would have won that fight, if it would have been him versus Charlo instead of Tony Harrison uh, here where Harrison picked up the upset. So, I mean, he's fought him. Uh, Julian Williams, Vines Monterosa was a guest on the show, Adesari Lara, uh, Curtis Bunridge, uh, Daniel Jacobs, um, you know, he's fought a lot of guys, um, you know, Sergio Moore, obviously, during their days of the contender, and Randall Bailey, like, he, he's fought a lot of guys, man, he, and he's had a a good career, so, um, you know, blessings to him and, you know, his future endeavors and whatever he chooses to do with his career in boxing, um, you know, hopefully he stays somewhat involved in the sport because he's one of the good guys, uh, but more importantly than that, Thank you to Ishii Smith for putting your body on the line to entertain us, the fight fans. Um, so just seriously and sincerely, thank you from us here at Punch the Face Radio. So God bless to you, uh, and uh, we'll see what's next. You know, Hopefully he's still a fixture there at the Mayweather uh, Boxing Gym. He's got a lot of knowledge to spread to the, the younger fighters. If you haven't seen the video of him talking backstage uh, after the fight in the locker room to Erickson Lubin about the fight and about um, you know, his demeanor in the fight. It's it's a great piece, so make sure you try to catch that video and find it. Um, very classy, even in defeat, man. So uh you you gotta lo- stuff like that you gotta respect, you gotta love. So shout out 
uh, to him for that. So there we go. Uh, next, you know, we got some fights, interesting fights come next weekend that we'll talk about. Um, Anthony Durrell's making a return. James DeGale versus Chris Eubank Jr. Bam Bam Rios is back down in Mexico versus Humberto Soda. That should be fun. That should be interesting. Anytime, Bam, anytime Brandon Rios fights, I'm always uh, excited for it. Uh, Luis Ortiz uh, in a fight. Uh, Edner, Edner Cherry's still fighting. He'll fight again here in a couple of weeks as well. So a lot of fights going on. So a lot of action for us to talk about and recap uh, here in the coming weeks on the show. Um, so there is all of that. But, um, yeah, listen to the show. Uh, if you're listening to the show live, thank you for listening in. And um, you've missed any of the shows. You can go to iTunes Radio, Stitcher Radio, and as well as Blog Talk Radio. Just search Punch to the Face Radio. Uh, you can listen to all the episodes there. Download, share, listen, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, again, as, as I said to Vines, we're show here for the boxing fans and for the fighters. Uh, we always are going to be a platform to where you can speak your mind on the show. Uh, if you haven't listened to the show, you know that I speak my mind, um, and I frankly don't care. So um, I'm just seeing some of my timeline, and I'm not even going to repeat it out loud. But shout out to Titans, Titans Homer. Wow. Uh, so um, yeah, we're we're here for the people. So at the end of the day, man, this is what the show's about. It's always going to be about. So uh, we appreciate everyone rocking with us. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, Brandon P2TF as well as visit punchtheface.com. Uh, you'll be able to listen to all the episodes there as well. You'll be able to catch all of those live on air. Um, speaking of our co-host, Adam Abramowitz, he'll be back on the show here on February 27th, so two weeks from tonight. He'll join us again uh, to talk boxing. Uh, he is, um, I assume, he was, I thought he was on vacation in Spain, but uh, if you've kept up with his Twitter handle, uh S in boxing, he's been doing his thing on social media, and I'll just leave it at that, and I'll let you read uh, everything from there. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, really the, I guess, the the moral of tonight's story and tonight's show, uh, the story of the show, let's call this as a recap, story of the show goes like this, um, Don King's a piece of shit, um, I, I think that's something that's been established by people by now. Um, sanctioning bodies are corrupt. I think we all pretty much knew that. Um, fight the fight game can be very rough, not only physically on people, but obviously mentally. That that's something that's clear. Um, and I mean, it's you, you gotta. It's one of those things you don't realize what you have until it's gone. Um, I, I think those are the biggest things we can pick up here from tonight's show. Which is kind of poignant because tomorrow's Valentine's Day and you know a lot of people are going to be kind of wishing that the ones they were with are still around. And they're going to be sad and looking pitiful and being single. So it kind of ties in. It's kind of a kind of a, a weird theme there. But uh, you know, I, I really hope at the end of the day that Vines Matarosan can get out of this contract. Um, I really hope at the end of the day he can get a fight. You know, the bright side is he is 32 which is still really, in boxing terms, is young. Uh, he's really kind of, age-wise, I would say he's still at his peak, uh, or, you know, and, or, you know, at the peak and maybe going to be sliding down in the coming years. But I think he still physically has a lot left at 32. Uh, it's not like he's had a ton of tread taken off his uh, tires in these fights. 
Even the stoppage loss to Golovkin wasn't a horrible, horrible knockout or anything like that. So it's not like, um, you know, I worry about his punch resistance. So, you know, I, I hope it works out for the best uh, for him going forward. But, uh, man, just very interesting guy to talk to. So big up to him. And also uh, another big shout-out to, again, Joshua Greer, who did the show a couple of weeks ago. He'll be fighting here Friday night on ESPN on the Rob Brand undercard. Uh, big ups to him and best of luck to him uh, in his fight. So, young guy, we were very excited about. Glad to have him on. So, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people were we're gonna try to get more people on the show. Shout out to Arthur Jones uh, who did the show here last week. So, I mean, hey, we're we're trying here, Punch the Face Radio. This is what we do. So, um, with that being stated, um, I'm gonna suck the show for the night. You know, we've had a fun night. So again, big thank you to our guest Von Mata Rosen. Again, the hashtag is now Free Vines. Uh, we're going to try to get him free. We're going to try to put pressure on people. Uh, also, I tweeted out to uh, Mauricio Suleiman there at the WBC. Let's see if we get any sort of reaction out of him. Let's see if uh, he's willing to come on and explain what's going on with the rankings. Um, maybe explain some of their, you know, how they stand with the fighters and so maybe the backlash. And maybe explain why they have so many damn commemorative belts that they make. Because they've announced they're going to have another special belt Single Nevada weekend for Daniel Jacobs versus Saul Canelo Alvarez. Are you surprised? You shouldn't be. So we're going to reach out to Mauricio. Let's see if we can get him on the show and explain some things to us because, you know, that kind of helps. So we're going to see what we can do with that. So I'm going to kind of press him a little bit here, see if I can get somebody on the show from the WBC to explain themselves. So we'll see. Uh, Until next time, man, uh, Brandon Stubbs here. I want everyone to stay safe, stay blessed. Love one another. That's the only way we're going to get through this. Uh, Until next Wednesday, there's a blizzard coming here my way here in the Midwest. So everyone stay safe and stay warm if you're here in the Midwest and suffering through this winter weather. I am Brandon Stubbs, and I am out.